Welcome to Tactical Breakdown. On today's episode, you're getting a mixed bag. We're talking about entrepreneurship, business development, and podcasting. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Tactical Breakdown podcast on the Islet Network. Your number one resource for law enforcement training. Here is your host, Adam Kanakin. All right, another episode here on Tactical Breakdown. Thanks so much for taking the time and joining us on the podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, I suggest you do it so that you stay up to date on all the most recent and relevant training here in the law enforcement space, not just in North America, but around the world. Uh, And we're excited to bring that to you each and every week. On today's episode, I have my friend Adam Wills. This was one of those uh, joint episodes where he actually released it on his podcast, which is the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Make sure to check the links in the show notes to get access to that. Um, and uh, we're putting it out here for you guys as well. We just thought it was such a fun, open-ended conversation. We talked about a lot of different things from entrepreneurship, business development, marketing. Uh, we talked training, we talked mental health, and we end up talking about podcasting and uh, some stuff that we've done and mistakes we've made. And uh, so if you're interested in any of those topics, this will be a great conversation for you to listen to. It was just a lot of fun for him and I. We, we There's a lot of laughs. We joke back and forth and a little bit more lighthearted than some of the other podcasts we've done in the past. So hopefully you enjoy it. And uh, as always, if you have any questions or you have any suggestions about what we do here on the Tactical Breakdown, please do not hesitate to reach out to me directly. You can reach me at adam at ilet.network. You can go to the ilet.network page, hit that contact form, send us an email. Lots of ways to reach out, so make sure to do that if you have the time. Uh, All right, without any further ado, let's jump into this interview I had with Adam and uh, get into it. Here we go. I know, for like 20 minutes. <laughs> All right, so this will serve as the start of the conversation, I guess, okay. in the podcast. Um, I don't know what we can, what we should term this. It's like, um, we'll call this the the fluffer podcast. We're just going to fluff each other up, I guess, for, for the next couple hours talking about what we're doing. But It's the new year. We got to talk about new stuff. New year, new stuff. New me. New me. New year, new me. <laughs> um, new year, new goals. New focus. This is, uh, for anybody listening to this on audio, uh, my name is Adam Kanakin. I'm the host of the Tactical Breakdown podcast, and I'm the director of the ILET Network. And sitting here with me uh, is my really good friend, Adam Wills, who is the host of the LEO to CEO podcast, which now, have you rebranded? Did you just recently rebrand the name of your podcast? Yeah, and it's actually, it's actually the Coppernewer Path podcast sponsored by leo to ceo but yeah it used to be the public safety innovators podcast but we changed focus a little bit now everything is all about the journey from cop to coppernor and starting scaling or growing a business growing a business yeah love it and i love your podcast i mean i listen to it regularly um because that's the that's the realm that we're in right i mean we're a business that is catering to law enforcement i mean that's that's kind of our thing um you also do a few other things, though, and I want to bring these up first. Uh, one, I want to—we're going to end up talking about your Breach Share CRM, that program and, and company that you have, because um, we we use it here at ILET. It is kind of the—it is the uh, machinery that lets everything that we do now run. Um, so uh, appreciate the fact that you created this because it's amazing. Um, and then also, I want to talk about your kind of your parent business that kind of handles everything. So why don't you just give a quick uh, snippet about that, and we'll move things forward. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, 
StoryWeb Creative is my main marketing business and everything else is just kind of a, a branch underneath it. Uh, StoryWeb Creative has kind of evolved now to the point where primarily 90% uh, of our clients are all public safety business owners. And that's really kind of our focus is helping uh, first responders. So whether that's law enforcement, fire, EMS, even military veterans uh, start growing scale businesses um, by clarifying their messaging creating awesome websites that convert uh, visitors into sales and building sales funnels. So uh, everything else kind of came underneath that. So yeah, um, LEO to CEO happened kind of by accident as part of the podcast, uh, doing the podcast. People just started to reach out to me and ask me, hey, here's a business idea. What do you think my next steps are? Right? They would naturally come to me and, and ask for that advice. And I started to coin this term, copreneur, uh, and which I trademarked, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I did. I went and trademarked it. Um, <laughs> but uh, so Elio to CEO was born out of that. And it's, it's, it's been really neat. It's just a community of uh, like-minded cops that are starting growing, scaling businesses. And we do workshops uh, every month and we have a mastermind and we share ideas and collaborate, share our experiences, our wins and our losses and really the, the goal being uh, just to help each other build awesome businesses. And, you know, it's a completely open environment. Nobody's holding anything back. Um, it's really neat. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, Breacher CRM is pretty new. We just launched that. Uh, we came out of our private beta and then officially launched publicly back around Black Friday. Uh, and it's a business and marketing automation software that we first started using with our clientele. Um, and it was really just born out of my own frustration running a business and having to deal with a gazillion different pieces of software in order to have a, an effective business in today's world. And none of that stuff ever communicates with each other. So you're trying to figure out how to, you know, I've got my email marketing system over here and I've got my live chat deal over here for my website. And I've got my online course platform in another place. And you know, all these different things in a CRM, a customer relationship management software in something else and nothing communicates and it's aggravating. Mm -hmm. um, and so this idea was born out of that, but we, we built Breacher CRM specifically with the focus of uh, helping law enforcement instructor business owners use automation to help them grow their businesses and create new opportunities for recurring revenue in their business. Um, which I believe is a major deficiency for that that business style. Most most of these law enforcement instructors are feeling like they're living on a class to class style income, and if if they're not booking classes, there's there's panic mode that sets it. And so we wanted to create a way to help them uh, take menial tasks off their plate, automate as much as possible. And then, like I said, create those opportunities through like online courses and stuff uh, and selling supplemental uh, products and services to create recurring revenue so that they don't have to feel the pressure of, uh, oh, shoot, I don't have a class booked, uh, you know, next week or next month. Now what? So, yeah, that's that's kind of the overview of all the tentacles I have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's there's so much synergy. And I think this is why when when you and I met a long time ago here now we we kind of hit it off it's because a lot of what we've done it has mirrored each other right like again a lot of what your business started from from the podcast you were doing that's the same thing here right we started tactical breakdown 
Um, and everything kind of grew from that because people were identifying with it and saying, hey, could you also help me here? Could you do this? Could you do that? Right. And I think you and I are the same way. The answer is pretty much always yes. It's just let me figure out how to do it for you. Yeah. Um, well, I, I always look at everything through a lens and I suspect this is the way you go about it too, because like you said, there's a lot of synergy and similarity people. Here's the thing. I, I always tell everybody, my coaching clients and everybody in the LEO to CEO community, when we're talking marketing and business, if, if you own a business, you are in the problem solving business. That, that's what it comes down to. If you're not solving a problem for somebody, you don't have a business. And you're gonna, and you're not gonna stay in business, right? So everything's all—it's all about solving problems. And when people come to me with a problem, I look at it and I go, okay, a is that a problem I can solve? Okay. Two, if I solve this problem for them, is there a room for me to actually make a profit off of it? And three, is this a problem I really want to solve? And and if I take all of those boxes, then I'm like, well, all right, yeah, let's create a solution to that and let's do it. And I think, I think that's the same mindset you have that. Uh, somebody comes to you with a problem, you're just like, well, yeah, I can do that. And, and, you know, it's not like it's all about money, but you know what? We, ha we have to be profitable because if you're not profitable, you can't stay in it. Right. So, I mean, yeah, um, we've, that had, has that, to be we've a had that discussion multiple times where I've told you I'm probably the worst businessman in the world because <laughs> I give shit away for free all the time. Um, you should, but, <laughs> but at the end of the day, yeah, that's a whole nother discussion. Right. So, yeah. um, I mean, we're going to, we're going to jump into a lot of things here. We're going to talk about, you know, what's, what's going on with ILET, what we have going on with what's going on with Breacher um, and all of the other cool stuff that you have, how we're tying everything together, which I think is even the the coolest thing yet. And having yeah. you be a part of this instructor development program that we're launching and, and how do, we're going to basically be taking people. And if you're starting a new business or you're a trainer, we're going to walk you through hand in hand on how to help optimize your business and utilizing tools like breacher CRM that would just makes life a thousand times easier. I mean, you would, you said there, you know, you're taking dozens of softwares that normally like what, what we were doing is we had subscriptions to every one of these software. And then you're either tying them together through Zapier or yep, something and you're exactly. trying to make all of these connections happen. And 90% of the time they break and then yep. you don't realize and, and you're like, why how, Why don't we have any active leads? Oh, because yeah. this freaking connection broke three softwares ago. Mm -hmm. And now you have to backtrack and it's a, it's a clusterfuck. Bubblegum and bailing wire. You can swear on your stuff. But uh, here on the tactical <laughs> breakdown, we say whatever the hell we want. Um, <laughs> Doesn't bother me. The uh, one thing that I do want to jump into, though, but before we, uh, before we jump into this conversation, and I, I, we talked about this briefly offline. And anybody who listens to Tactical Breakdown uh, knows that mental health is is kind of a key component to what we do. And, um, you know, yeah. we have the I Got Your Six uh, thing that we do all the time and, and raising money and awareness on officer mental health and resiliency. Um, and this was something that I came across earlier today, or actually right before we jumped on our call. And it just hit me to the point where I stopped. Um, I took a moment because it was, it almost had a visceral reaction um, to this news. And it, it wasn't today, it was from a few days ago. Um, so in, in Florida, and, um, and I, wanna, I just want to make this correct, uh, put the correct uh, information out for everybody. Um, so um, it was St. Lucie County um, Sheriff's Office uh, in Florida. Um, they had two young deputies um, who were married. Um, take their life um, one after another. 
um, just days after. Um, and this happened um, on January 2nd. Um, the first officer uh, took his life. Um, and in the wake of that, um, his wife, who was also a uh, who was also an officer, uh, took her own life. And um, the I think the most unfortunate thing out of all the circumstance was they left behind a one year old baby. Um, and now as a father, that's I mean, that's I think that's probably why I had such a visceral reaction yeah. to it. Um, just like how like how um, and I, I, I can't imagine I can I can I can comprehend, but I can't imagine the amount of pain that those officers must have been going through in order to 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 do that and leave behind a child. Um, and so I only want to bring this up because this last year and a half, two years has been probably some of the hardest years that any of us have have experienced in, in our lifetime, um, not just because of the pandemic, but because of what's happened um, with the defund the police movements and the lack of public and community support and all of the things that have happened around our community, which is law enforcement, public safety, emergency response. Um, it's just a heartbreaking thing. Um, obviously, you know, thoughts and prayers that go out to uh, the St. Louis County Sheriff's Office, um, all of our brothers and sisters in Florida uh, that are law enforcement officers. Um, this, I'm sure this hits home um, and, and really, really hurts. And it's going to be, and it's not going to, that hurt and pain isn't going to go away for a long time. And um, so hopefully, obviously, I don't know what the situation is with that family and, and hopefully that baby will be taken care of and, and grow up in a loving home, but they'll never have their parents. And so um, if anybody's listening to this and you are going through anything, something, something doesn't feel right, you feel off, you feel depressed, or you just feel like I need help or not even that you need help that I just need to vent or talk to somebody. Um, I've said this before and I'll say it again here on, on this podcast. Um, please do not ever hesitate to reach out to me directly. My personal email and contact is everywhere on the internet. It'll be linked below in this podcast, wherever you find it. Um, if you ever need to chat, reach out to me and I'm happy to jump on a phone call at any point. Um, you can literally just vent and, and, or we can talk shop or whatever it is. Please do not hesitate to reach out because sometimes that's all it takes is just be able to vent and talk to somebody. Um, and in, I'm not a medical professional. I cannot, I won't pretend to, to be there and coach you through or counsel you through what it is that you're going through. But I promise you that I will be able to put you in touch with people that, that are professionals that can help you through that process, because it's not just a one-off thing. It's an ongoing battle that we're constantly fighting and it's, it's not going to get better in a day and it may not get better in a week or a year, but it's, it's, it's 1% every day just is making yeah. that effort every single day. Um, and so hopefully, um, if you're listening to this and you are in a rough spot, um, reach out to somebody, doesn't have to be me, doesn't have to be Adam, um, but reach out to somebody, talk to somebody, talk to a coworker, talk to your, somebody within your agency, talk to a, a friend or a sports colleague or whoever it is, talk to somebody, have a conversation and, um, and you're going to get through it. I know you will. So, um, that's all I have to say on that. Adam, do you have any comments or thoughts? Well, I, I just want to pair it with what you said um, as far as, yeah, re reach out to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm always available to have those kinds of conversations too. I mean, even if it's not about that, like I just, I just love talking to um, my brothers and sisters in law enforcement, even though I'm not still in it anymore. I, I still um, have a very deep connection there and it means a lot to me to be able to um, have those kinds of conversations with people. I mean, either way, just know, like, like Adam, the other Adam said, uh, you know, 
there there's there's somebody out there that wants to hear what what's on your on your mind and on your heart and wants to be there um to help you too but more specifically you know i think we all need to pay attention to each other right we need to be focused on uh touching base with each other checking in and and just asking right like just hey how you doing man you know um whether it's you know your partner or just somebody you you work with or you know that is a fellow cop um just reach out and and you know share some kind acts uh with each other to to know that you're supported because unfortunately it just feels like man the last couple of years cops as a whole we've we've been canceled you know i mean literally and figuratively like the the tv show cops was like one of the longest running tv shows in in the history of tv and they canceled it right and you know that we're just seeing all that sort of stuff i talked to a guy today who's a former cop and he has a a facebook page uh u.s law enforcement is the name of that facebook page uh it's got like half a million followers and um he was telling me a story about how this this facebook page he had monetized it um to to the point where he was making good money off of it and last year facebook without any explanation at all just shut him down because he was a pro law enforcement page right and so when when we're feeling like we're being canceled everywhere it's like nobody supports us right it feels like nobody's there to support you. And so we, we more than ever, we just got to reach out and touch each other and um, in that way and, and say, hey, brother, sister, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm thinking about you. I care about you. Um, I would I would encourage everybody too to go check out um, Filthy Pirate Coffee. They He's a former cop that started a coffee company and he'll send a bag of coffee to any cop in the country uh, that just needs to know that somebody's thinking of them and cares. So um you know, go, go check that out. Just find ways to show each other that you care and you're thinking about each other. Yeah. I love that. And I appreciate that brother. And, you know, um, to segue into something here and, and utilize, you know, this, this conversation about, you know, obviously we've had a, had a rough couple of years, right. Um, but what I want to segue into, and I think this is what you and I are, are very excited about what we want to talk about today is there is a lot of crazy positivity that has been generated um, and it's starting to gain a lot of momentum and a lot of traction um, within the industry. And that includes people that have innovated and changed the way that training's being conducted in law enforcement um, officers. And here's the interesting thing. One of the things that's happened a lot, and, and you know this because this, this is your realm. Um, there's a lot of officers who have decided to move on from their time in law enforcement or are, currently contemplating moving on from their time in law enforcement um, onto something on the private side. Um, and there are some amazing companies being founded and some amazing stuff happening where these people are taking their skill sets, their knowledge and their abilities, and they're creating something for the good of society. And I think that is a phenomenal positive that I want to talk about. Um, and, and just all together, man, I think there's a lot of really cool stuff and a lot of collaboration. I did, um, you know, we're in January right now, 2022. And, and at the end of this month, I'm going to be hosting another town hall, which you'll be a part of. Um, but uh, it's kind of an exclusive town hall. It's an invite only thing. We bring in some of the top innovators, trainers and companies in law enforcement. And we talk about, all right, what happened over the last year? And what do we expect to happen over the next year? Um, and, and how can we collaborate, support each other? How do we do those types of things? Last year, we had this call and 
during that conversation, one of the key things that I had said to everyone on the call was we have to start collaborating as an industry. If you don't collaborate, you're going to die. Like, yeah. you know, that's, that's just the reality of it. And um, there were some people, unfortunately, um, who either didn't heed that idea or advice, or they kind of went their own way. And I know a lot of people personally um, that lost their businesses, um, whether they were in a training business or, or something or a smaller business that, again, like you had said, it not necessarily through any fault of their own, just through the totality of circumstances with the culture and the community. And, and um, if maybe they were providing training for a certain agency or group of agencies and budgets were gone and training time was gone, and they just wasn't enough. They didn't have enough in the tank. They didn't have, you know, lead generation. They didn't have a funnel. They didn't have something coming up that was always some type of generator to generate that that work all the time. And they failed. And and it was unfortunate. And obviously, I've tried to help as many as I can. And there's a lot of people who have brought, you know, a lot of larger companies that have brought them on as, as um, adjunct instructors or things like that. But what we want to be able to accomplish is, and I think you and I are, are in direct alignment with this, is if you're a trainer or if you're in law enforcement and you want to start a company, literally between you and I here, we have more than enough resources and yeah. uh, the know-how to, to at least get you on the right path so we can start you off on that so you're, you're set up for success um, and you have all the information you need. And it's a lot of information that I think isn't just regularly um, attainable. And, and by that, I mean the law enforcement space, especially, and I'll, I'm, I'm going to speak specifically to the law enforcement training space right now. Unless you're familiar with the inner workings of, of how that works, there's a lot of things that you may not be aware of that will kind of limit your capabilities as a business. Um, you know, you and I have had this discussion where we're going to be rolling out this instructor development program one of the things that we want to do outside of the core concepts of adult learning uh, methodologies and capabilities is if we're going to do something for out-of-scope instructors. So if you run a training company and you're a third-party provider to an agency, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to sit you down and we're going to talk about liability because that's one conversation that nobody has, which mm -hmm. is what does liability look like? Because you're no longer an in-service trainer for your agency Therefore, there's a lot of stuff that ends up falling on your shoulders, both either civilly or criminally, depending, especially look at the current, look at the current atmosphere right now and all of the stuff that's happening um, with all the case law that's being put out and all of these situations across the country in the United States. Um, there's so many conversations to have. And I think the big thing that's a net positive with this is there's there's people like you and I out there and there's a lot of other awesome people that are doing this that are saying, let us help you build and grow your business. Um, and I'm excited for that, man. So like, what do you think? What do you think are these key concepts that um, that we should be talking about? When, if somebody's like, hey, I want to start a business, um, I'm either currently active and I want to retire and start a business, or I want to do it part-time as I'm working. And there's a lot of different variables there, but where do you want to start this conversation? Yeah, that's a great question. And there's a ton of places we can start. I, I, I want to first kind of, piggyback i guess if you will or go back to something you mentioned earlier about the collaboration part i agree the collaboration is so important uh and unfortunately i will say and and I, i'll speak for myself here but i think i can speak for a lot of other cop business owners too 
that as cops, um, collaboration sometimes doesn't isn't something that we're uh, the best wired for because we 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 kind of our agencies often are in silos and it, and I think it's it's different in Canada um, just because of the way you guys are structured. But I've never been in a county anywhere where the sheriff's office didn't have a rub with the police department and vice versa. Right. And like, we're just so used to being in these silos and going, well, this is our way and we're going to do it this way. Um, that collaboration can sometimes be a bit challenging. And, and I, I do agree with you. I think that that's important, but the other thing I would add to that too, uh, of equal, if not more importance for a business owner and specifically a law enforcement instructor, business owner is diversification of your offering. Because the clients that I have that are law enforcement instructors uh, that have diversified their offering from just showing up and teaching a class to then offering additional things like online courses, um, those are the ones that are doing the best. Because it's not everybody's reluctant about taking things online. And I would never suggest that we should take all of our training online. I think that's a mistake. But think about the opportunity to to sell an in-person course, a three-day course, for example. And when someone signs up, giving them an additional offer that says, uh, you know, take this supplemental course for an additional $49, you get this online on-demand course that you can take any time. Um, and there's a multitude of different variations of that. But those guys that have, have diversified what they're offering are – the ones that are doing the best right now that were able to weather that storm of famine when, you know, classes were shut down and that sort of thing. So um, that's important. But as far as specifically where to start, um, you know, I actually got asked this the other day, I get asked a lot, Hey, I'm, I'm planning to retire in five years, you know, uh, what do I do now? Or, you know, I'll get people that'll say, you know, I don't need to do anything right now because I got five years, right? And I say, nay, 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 nay. <laughs> let, <laughs> let me correct that because it takes time to to build a successful business. And sure, you can you can kick the can until you're six months away from retiring, or even until you're done uh, and and start a business. But you're going to go through a really uncomfortable period of time where you're wondering if you're going to be able to pay the bills because. Uh, you haven't laid the foundation. So I tell everybody, give yourself at least two years of lead time, if not five, if possible, and start start first by growing a network. Just network, network like crazy. Talk to everybody and anybody that that is part of that, who might be a stakeholder, if you will, right? If only anybody had a network, Adam, that involved law huh. enforcement trainers from around the world. That'd Where be would interesting. That would be a like really that. good business. I, I think somebody should try to do that. Do you, well, it's your idea. Oh, oh wait. You know what? Wait. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, we have that already. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, now I sound like an ass. Okay. So um, I think you're you're 100% right. I mean, there's so many times where I've had this conversation, and I tell you almost every time it happens, somebody calls me and they go, um, yeah, I'm – you know, I think I'm going to retire in the next, I, you know, my, I, I can retire in six months. I think I'm going to start a business and I go, you know, hold the phone chief, get like, ready. Not necessarily their chief, but better find a part-time phone. job. Um, <laughs> let's, let's have a, let's have a realistic discussion about this because if, unless you have something, you've been doing this already, maybe 
I know I, um, I'll use one instructor as an example. Um, and uh, she's a phenomenal firearms instructor. She's had her own side training business for the last 15 years. And she's slowly, it's been slowly growing, growing, growing. And it's finally getting to the point where she goes, I'm, I'm now waiting for the, the kind of the, the balance to tip where she's going to be making more from her side business than she is from her full-time employment with the agency. And that's the point where she's going to decide to, to whether or not to, to go full-time into her business. And let's, let, let's use her for an, as an example real quick too, because imagine in 15 years, assuming that she is actually maintaining a list of her contacts, like a good business owner should your, your list is like your most valuable asset in your business. Because now think about it when she decides, even if she decides tomorrow, I'm ready to hang it up and leave. She could put out a, an email blast to her list and say, you know what? I'm, I'm putting out a new course. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to put out a new online course about, uh, you know, seven new fundamentals in low light shooting. And who wants to pre-purchase this course for, 150 bucks she's gonna have she's gonna have orders come in right and now it relieves that pressure because she had a list relieves that pressure of feeling like oh shoot how am i gonna pay the bills well that yeah absolutely right i mean we you know it's interesting we just had this discussion offline beforehand and with ilet because we're launching our community platform here in february um i told you i said i'm gonna have a founding members launch um and in that founding members launch we're gonna give all of these members, like lifetime access to training, um, we're going to be get they get a whole bunch of a lot of customized and itemized things and thank yous for being a founding member and all of this stuff. At the end of the day, as a business owner, after a year or two, they're basically just riding on on everything and they don't have to pay for anything anymore. So as a business owner, you may think, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why am I giving why am I giving them stuff for free forever? Um, and and the reason was very simple. And and I think you and I both agreed on this was. I'm going to get an immediate influx where I can say your investment in what we're doing with ILET is going to directly allow me to bring in a full-time community manager that is going to only do benefit you because their whole job and their whole purpose in their existence is going to be to make sure that you as a member have everything that you want out of this platform. And Mm -hmm. so again, it's, it's about, how do we generate revenue, but use it to scale the business? And I think, I think this is another complete down the rabbit hole on this, but it kind of just jumped into my head is I think the one thing that a lot of people have issue with and and just can't comprehend is how to scale a business correctly. Um, That's, it's so difficult. And I screw it up all the time um, where I go, man, it would be really cool to have this or it'd be really neat to have this. Or I think I need to bring somebody on now to do, to take X, Y, or Z off my plate so I can free myself up to do more podcasts or, or whatever it is. Um, but then when you realize, you know, six months down the road, you're like, if I would have taken that money and then I would have instead put it over here, I would have had 10 times the amount of business now. Um, right. But you only after making those mistakes, and, and living through it, do you go, okay, now I know that that's a better place to spend resources. This collaboration that you brought up and, and we'll touch on it again is exactly why you need to be collaborating because guess what? There's people in the industry like myself, like you, and like a thousand other people who have ran training businesses now and, and ran even just, or just ran other businesses in other industries, but are part of this law enforcement community. They've, 
they've made those mistakes. And every single one of us, I think to a person is willing to be like, here's how I fucked up. Please don't make my mistake. Here's how to do it correctly. Or here's an idea. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's what, from this collaborative aspect, I think that's what people, a lot of people just maybe aren't grasping. It's all you have to do is ask. And I, you know, like you had said, I mean, I don't come from the law enforcement background. If, if anybody's tracking on this and you don't already know this, my background was with the Canadian forces and as an infantry officer. Um, now I do a lot of training in law enforcement and, and, and on the private side, but when it comes to this collaboration, all you have to do is ask, just ask for help. Um, you know, it, it, it's crazy. That's the hardest thing for people to do. It, yeah. it's, it's, it's just, Hey man, can you, can I have a minute? You know, there's, um, uh, in, in business, we, we talk about the concept of having a mentor, right. Mm -hmm. And having, and it's not, you don't necessarily have to have one mentor. If you can have a couple, that's great. Or in different types of, um, with different expertise, but the idea is having somebody who you can lean on and ask questions to that's been through it. And that is willing to help you through the processes so that you don't have to trudge your way through the mud and make mm -hmm. the mistakes and, and just throw money down the drain when there's somebody there to say, Hey, listen, I get what you're saying here a hundred percent. And I get where your vision is, but let's reframe this. Let's take these funds. Let's put them over here. You're going to grow this aspect, which is going to generate your cash flow and revenue. And now three months down the road, you can do 10 times as much of this other stuff that you want to do. Mm -hmm. And it's it, until somebody walks you through. And for me, I'm a very visual person. So when somebody has to put it on a whiteboard for me, and they show it to me in big pictures, like, duh, you're an idiot. Like, <laughs> pictures. Yeah. But, and I go, oh, fuck. Like, why didn't I see that? Before? Yeah. How did I miss that? How did I miss that? But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm guilty of it. Right. I mean, I'm sure I let, could have grown way faster than it did. Um, I mean, I'm glad that we, we were restrained in, in how quickly we scaled things because I think it led to a lot of the really cool stuff that's happening now by, by slow rolling it. Um, mm -hmm. But, not a lot of people have that, um, the time, um, or the patience to, to slow roll something so that it's like, this is, you know, I, I was lucky that I could, I could take my time. But like you had said, if you're, if you're planning on retiring or getting out or changing careers in the next 12 months, that you may not have a nest egg built up. You may not have, you know, money in the bank to be able to float six to 12 months generating zero revenue because right. that's that's a, that's a kick to the nuts, man. When you're, when you're not, when you're used to getting money coming in every week or every two weeks or every month or whatever it is that your current pay schedule is. And then all of a sudden that money doesn't come in anymore. And you're like, Oh crap. You don't realize how quickly you, that, that those resources that you're like, I got a bunch of money saved up. I'm good. How quickly that goes when you're starting a business and now you're paying for mm -hmm. paying for things for your business. So not only do you have no more money coming in, but you have an exponential amount more money going out to try to get things rolling, right? Like somebody, and then you watch a video on YouTube about fucking Facebook ad campaigns and you're like, I'm going to try this. And then you go spend 10 grand on an ad <laughs> campaign yeah, and you generate nothing because you had nothing set up beforehand because it's not mm -hmm. just running an ad campaign. It's the three months of work, getting all of your funnels and everything set up to manage the influx from the ad campaign to turn it into a recurring revenue. Mm -hmm. That's not discussed. And yeah. so, I mean, and, and I know I'm preaching to the choir with you here because, and I'm sure you could go a lot deeper into this because this is your bread and butter, but it's just fascinating to me that 
people aren't willing to say, Hey man, I need some help on this. Yeah. Right. I mean that it's, it's paramount. I, th- I think that too is a cop thing though. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, cause we, we tend to be perfectionists um, and we have to be right. Like in, in military too. I mean, in the, in the environment you're in, you have to get it right because lives are at stake. Right. And, and so we strive towards this idea of perfectionism and making sure that every time we execute on something, we do it exactly right. We do it with perfection and we're hard on ourselves when we don't get it right because we know that the stakes are high. Um, but everybody can take a big, deep breath and knowing that business is not that way. There are very few things you can do in business that will completely destroy you. And you have to be pretty not self-aware in order to do that much damage. Right. Um, and, and in fact, I would say mistakes are good in business. Like you need to make the mistakes. It's kind of a way I look at it as like the bumpers at the bowling alley. Right. Um, those mistakes are the bumpers that kind of bounce us back into the lane where we need to be. Um, it gives us an idea of where our limitations are and what we, what we're good at, what we're not good at. I just did an episode on my podcast a couple of weeks ago called, are you prepared to suck? And the whole idea behind that was if you go into business, you're going to suck at things like get over it, recognize that now, accept that as true fact that you're not going to be great at everything in your business. And you will be much better for it. If you can identify early on, these are the things I'm good at. These are the things I'm not good at and make a choice to say, I'm not going to be good at those things. And I'm not even going to try to be good at those things. And so what I'm going to do is identify resources that are going to help me overcome those areas of suck. And and that was like really what the whole purpose of forming LEO to CEO was about was to create those opportunities to fill those gaps for people by helping each other out, sharing those mistakes. Um, but more importantly, you know, in our workshops, sharing good, solid, uh, proven frameworks for marketing and business that uh, have been proven to actually work and grow businesses because there's a lot of you mentioned YouTube (laughs) there. And, you know, I saw a video on YouTube for Facebook ads. There's a lot of really bad information out there. A lot of self-proclaimed gurus that really don't have any freaking clue what they're doing and don't have the ethics enough to be honest because they just want to sell something to you. And, uh, I, I don't want to see my brothers and sisters fall prey to that. And that was why, you know, Elio to CEO is this idea of let's, let's, let me give you the right way to do these things so that you can scale a business, whether it's kind of the trickle effect and going at it slow, like you are, or massive growth, either way, those, those principles are there. And so, um, but yeah, mistakes are good. Mistakes are good. We can't be afraid of making mistakes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. If you're listening to this and, and uh, you want to start a business and you've watched YouTube videos on Amazon drop shipping, I will personally fly out there and kick you in the nuts. I will come just to save you, ship you. Just to, just to <laughs> save you the frustration. Yeah. Um, that doesn't work, by the way. Um, yeah. So. Have you, wait, 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 wait. Have you have you tried this before, Adam? What's that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> and it wasn't me. So here's. So, okay. Quick side story. I tried it for a friend. <laughs> I, my wife, actually. She okay. wanted to. Um, so my wife's been in the hospitality industry. Um uh, worked for some very like world renowned um, hotel chains, um, and be- this is obviously before we decided to pop out um, a-, a baseball team worth of kids. 
Um, and so she was when we when we started having the kids and we were at home all the time. She's like, I want to do something, and so we ended up starting a, a small business, um, which we it's defunct now. But essentially, it was um, a, a wedding store um, for selling uh, like wedding accessories and, and different types of things like that because that was kind of in her wheelhouse. So she was the expert in all of the stuff, but had no idea how to do any of the online stuff. So I actually spent about six months of time on and off learning all about. Um, this is when I started learning about setting up websites, um, setting up Shopify accounts and, and um, uh, doing drop shipping and setting up and how to purchase things from um, things like Alibaba and all of those types of things and am- setting up Amazon stores, um, affiliates and, and all these all of these different components that we talk about when we talk about online business. Um, so I learned all of that. I went to school on it and I, I knew it inside and out. Um, and then she ended up not wanting to do it. Um, and then I was just like, okay, well, that was great. So anyway, long story short, you want to talk about making mistakes. Um, you know, there's, there's a funny saying, you know, you either win or you learn. Um, there's, I kind of felt that way where I, it was like, I could have gone about it saying, well, I just wasted six months of my life. Um, and, and got nothing out of this because we're not using it. Um, but instead I took all that information that I just gathered. Um, and that's what allowed me to very expeditiously build out a website and start the podcast and do all of these other things. And now I have all this knowledge and experience that when we have something come up with Islet and someone's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, or somebody asked me, Hey, how do I do this or do that? I can, with some level of, of understanding, walk them through that process or explain it to them. Um, which is not my wheelhouse. I tell this to everybody. I would rather be on a range or in a mat room, um, getting hands on with somebody that's where I'm comfortable. But if I'm forced and my hand is forced and you need me to talk about online internet stuff, I'm a, I'm more of a Luddite than anything, but I can walk my way through. I can talk somebody through developing a, a pretty small website. That's, that's fairly simple now. Um, and I understand that for a lot of people, especially if, if you're of the, uh, um, I don't know how to phrase this politely. If you were born ni- before 1980, um, probably, creating a website seems like a, just a, a monumental task that would never be able to be accomplished by yourself. Um, in reality, it's, it, it is fairly, it, t- it would take a, just a few minutes of some explanation and you could probably fumble fuck your way through it um, and get something that's workable in, in all reality. And so, mm-hmm. um, and not to mention there's amazing platforms out there that I utilize all the time, like Upwork and Fiverr. And there's a ton of others where you could literally pay a freelancer um, to, to do it for you. And they're an expert at it. And so you'll say, Hey, I want this. It'll take that. It takes them an hour to do. It It would take you 10. Um, and that's also, we talking about utilization of resources. That's usually a a better place, right? You had just talked about identifying your strengths and weaknesses. And if you said, man, my strength is not going to be building my website. I'm going to have somebody that does that for me. Cool. Identify that right away. Vet the person that you want to have on your team. And now you have somebody um, what I will caution somebody now that we're on the topic, because I've just thought about this. If you, and this is something I've been very cognizant of. If you're, if I'm going to be bringing somebody in to work on something on our platform, I am looking for a long time partnership with that person. Same thing that we do with, um, with all of our partners and, and companies and associations that we work with. I same thing with bringing somebody in, even if I'm going to bring a freelancer in for a very small project, that's going to take them a week. Um, and I know I'm not going to need them again for six months. When I have that initial conversation with that freelancer, I say, hey, this is this is what we're about. This is our core mission. This is our values. This is what we want to do. 
this is what I'm looking for. I want somebody that when something comes up, I can, I know I can contact you and I can trust you to get this done. Or can you be that person for me? And they'll either say yes or no. Um, most of the times they say yes and you have to kind of sift through the bullshit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you get to that person and then once they've completed that job and they do a great job, you go, awesome, man, I really appreciate this. But now instead of me going to a new person next time, I keep that person available to me so that I don't have to go through this onboarding process with a new freelancer every single time. And they, they get to know and understand your brand. They get to know and understand your business and they get to know and understand you as a CEO or owner of your business and what you want and what you expect. Um, And I think that is such a critical component when you're bringing on staff, regardless of if they're a full-time salaried employee or if they're a part-time or casual freelancer, the idea is build a culture within your business so that they know what they can expect every single time that you have them do something. Um, and so I just wanted to, uh, that's a complete rabbit hole, but it was just on my head. So I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, but you're, you're absolutely right. Um, and the only thing I would caution people on as far as that goes, uh, this is the one time you'll hear me bash other web, de- web developers and web designers um, it, as, as a whole, it, I mean, the industry as a whole, uh, and and like do-it-yourself website builders, you know, like Wix and Squarespace and that sort of thing, um, is that it ultimately it's not the design of your website that sells, right? So I have I have tons and tons of clients that have come to me and they're like, I have this beautiful website I just spent twenty grand on, and it's not doing squat, right? And it's like it's it doesn't the design. I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, right? But there's a lot of web designers and developers out there that know how to create a pretty website, but they have no idea how to design websites for the purpose of actually converting visitors into interested buyers. And that's what's really important. It's the words on the website that sell, which is, you know, we we try at Story Web Creative, we try to set ourselves apart that way. But um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's uh, it's not necessarily the hardest thing in the world. And you, like you said, find, recognize that deficiency, find someone to fill it. Um, to, to go back to your story though, real quick on the whole, like everything you went through with that drop shipping business, what happened there? And I think it's an awesome story. What happened there was you stacked unknowingly, you stacked the right skills in order to be able to execute your next endeavor, mm-hmm. right? If you hadn't stacked those skills, you invested you may have lost money on that in time, but that was an investment in stacking the right skills in order to execute the next thing. And that's really all the business is. It's all being an entrepreneur is all about skill stacking. It's, it's up to you to be aware enough to recognize what is the next skill that I have to stack in order to be successful in this next step. And quite frankly, I'll just be blunt about it. If, if you get to a point in your business where you're like, man, I'm not making what I want to make, or I'm not, doing accomplishing what i want to it's your own fault because at some point you haven't recognized what the next skill is that you need to stack you're failing to recognize that and 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 you unknowingly did it in that case so it wasn't 90 percent of, of my life dude i unknowingly do a lot of shit <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. that's part of the, the the fun and part of the problem all at the same time yeah no doubt i dude i've I've pissed away so much money on stupid decisions and things and mistakes, but I've been better for it every time. 
I got a bunch of really cool swag with our bunch of logos of companies that don't exist, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, that's always it seems to always be the first thing. Everyone's like, I want the swag, I want the, the logoed shirts and all that kind of stuff. It was funny because mm-hmm. we were joking about this offline about how we have some some really nice stuff now with Islet and Breacher. You guys came up with some stuff as well and that we can, you know, hand out now. But it's it's kind of it's people get hung up on I want my company to look good, rather, I want my company to function good. And mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that if I were to, if I were to coin something to, to tell anybody, it would be that it's, you don't, it, it, you want your company to run properly first. That's, that's the most important thing. You don't need the, you don't need the brand new F-150 with the fancy decals on the side. You don't need the, the polos with all that kind of stuff. You don't need to give away swag and cups and USB drives and all that kind of stuff. Right. Do you remember, like, think think back like 10, 15 years ago. Do you remember what Amazon's logo and website looked like? Yeah, it was, it was, like, an old, it was like an old library database. It was hideous, right? Yeah. And, like, look at them now, right? Um, it, it doesn't need to be pretty, right? Like, focus on the foundation and the fundamentals first. Yeah, well, like, like you had said, it's about solving a problem, right? If you can solve a problem for somebody, they don't really give two shits what it looks like as long as the problem gets solved. Ain't that the truth? Right. Um, yeah, I think there's there's so many fascinating avenues we could go down with with this business conversation, but um, I think we should definitely leave some of that. So um, here's a, here's an interesting thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna plug your stuff for a second. Um, oh, okay. If you that. are interested in in like these types of conversations. And you are interested in, in having access to experts, other people in your industry or from the law enforcement community that run businesses. And, and like Adam was saying, um, the LEO to CEO community um, that he has built is phenomenal. Um, and so I don't mean to blow smoke up your ass, but I think what you've done with that is is absolutely crucial for people that need that assistance. Right. And a lot of the time it. I love this saying in training is you don't know what you don't know. It's the same thing in business. You don't know what you don't know. And so when you get into a community group like you have, and you'll just be sitting there and somebody will start a thread or a conversation. And then all of a sudden you're like, I never thought of that. Mm -hmm. I never even, I never even crossed my mind that I needed to to know that. Right. Um, Yeah. You know, and you're like, Oh, or maybe it's like, Hey, does everybody have their, who's, who, who are you guys using for your accountant for your taxes? And then somebody goes, what taxes? What taxes? <laughs> taxes? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I had to, I have, I have to remit how much of my revenue? What do you, what's a remittance? What are you talking about? Um, shit. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's those types of conversations though, that I think are crucial. So um, yep. if you are um, anywhere probably attached to this video i don't know if it's on uh if it's going to be on adam stuff or on our stuff or wherever you find it on youtube whatever it'll be everywhere um, everywhere <laughs> it's everywhere anywhere anywhere books are sold yeah <laughs> you can watch this video um there'll be links to to that platform so you can go check it out um and and, and obviously if it's right for you check it out if it's not then that's cool too no 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 pressure from our end um but i think if if you are interested in these types of conversations um, that's a great place to start. Or if you want to even get a, a more of a, do some more research on it, the Copreneur podcast. Um, again, all of the conversations that are happening in that community, um, Adam's bringing to the forefront with that podcast and sharing them out for everybody for absolutely nothing. So um, make yeah. sure to check that out as well. 
and and I'll throw it out here too. I don't know when this actually comes out, Adam, but uh, we haven't announced this officially publicly yet. Um, but we are going to be releasing a new free because the Elliott CEO community is a paid community, but we are releasing a, a free tier to that community as well. And for anybody that is a follower of the Tactical Breakdown podcast and I let um, that's that's listening to this, you want to join the premium community. Uh, if you just put in ILET, I-L-E-T, uh, when you check out, I'll give you 20% off. Just uh, well, That's just awesome. For, Thanks, brother. Just for Appreciate listening to that. that. Yeah, no. Thanks, it, it, and uh, and as far as the, the podcast, this I haven't announced anywhere yet either. We've got a couple new um, kind of sub podcasts coming out as part of the Coppernewer Path. So there's the Secret Squirrel Sessions coming out, the Coppernewer Path Secret Squirrel Sessions. And that's like every one of my guests that I have on the show, I've asked them now when we're done recording, hey, what's one like tip that you want to give people that you wouldn't normally share without like it being a paid coaching client? And so it's it's all these like short little five to 10 minute episodes of that. And then there's the Coppernewer Path um, uh, Red Team Sessions coming out too, where it's like, I record coaching sessions with some of my uh, LEO to CEO members uh, with their permission. Of course they know that uh, we, they come to me and they're like, Hey, here's a problem I want to solve in 20 minutes. And we go, all right, let's, let's game this together. Let's come up with an action plan and, and come up with a, uh, a way to overcome this problem. And so I'm excited about those coming out. So just, it's just more content. I'm, I'm you know? excited about those coming out. I mean, I was like, you said, I didn't even know about this. So um, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I told anybody. <laughs> anytime there's anytime there's more podcasts, right? I mean, my wife hates it because she's like, "You don't listen to me, anyways." And I'm always just listening to my podcast. Um, <laughs> that's probably that's probably something for a relationship expert, but um, we'll leave that for another day. Uh, that's awesome, dude! Really excited for that. That's uh, that's exciting. There's there's so many cool. Um, I think again, the the reason why your podcast is possible is the same reason why the ILET Network is possible. It's because there's people that are willing to share their knowledge and information. Yeah. Right. And again, going back to that whole thing, like all you have to do is ask literally there's thousands of people that are willing to just share right in the instructor side of things. I think it's even easier. It's funny. I had this conversation the other day um, and I'm going to leave companies and and names out of it for the most part, but there's a very prominent um, speaker um, in the military and law enforcement space. um, Very, very prominent speaker. And a company had asked me, they said, you had the speaker on one of your events. How, how did you get them? How much did they cost? Because we, we brought them in and it cost us X amount of thousands of dollars. And I go, okay, yeah, it's cool, man. Um, and they're like, well, how much did you pay? I'm like, nothing. I didn't pay. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking what about. Do you, what do you mean you didn't pay? <laughs> and, and they said, well, how did, you, how did you get them? And I said, well, there's this really cool device. Um, they came up with it a while ago. Um, and if you press the right numbers in the right order, you can actually just <laughs> talk to them. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter where they are in the world. And they're like, no, fuck you, really. And I'm like, no joke. I picked up the phone. I called them. I mean, after I went through the process of finding out what their actual phone number was, I called them and I said, hey, th- my name's Adam Kanakin. Um, I'm with the ILET Network. This is what we're about. Um, this is our mission. This is why we're doing it. It's going to go out for free for people. It's about just putting actionable, relevant training out to officers. That's our entire goal. Um, any revenue we do make, it's going to charity. They're like, what can I do? How can I help? That's, that was it. 
that was literally the extent of the conversation and they're on and they've been a supporter ever since and they we still do amazing work with them um and and it's a collaborative effort sounds like and, something a sheepdog would do almost almost um <laughs> there's but that's that's but those types of things i think people you know especially if you're you know that you know we've had conversations before about people that want to start podcasts you know, um, it's kind of like the same thing that you had said about, it's like, well, I'm thinking about starting a business in five years. It's like, don't think, just do, just start, just go, just get her done. Yep. Same thing with podcasts. Well, I'm thinking of starting a podcast. Cool. Have you recorded anything yet? Nope. Awesome. I'll be your first guest. Let's go. Let's record it right now. What do you mean? Because my biggest hiccup and the hiccup for 99% of people that want to start podcasts is they don't record it and they don't just publish it. Mm -hmm. There's too much. I got to have the perfect logo. I got to have the perfect this. I got to No, dude, just record it and put it out there and see. You don't even know if somebody wants to listen to you fucking talk, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> unless you're completely like, um, just focused on yourself, like I am obviously, and just likely hearing the sound of my own voice. Otherwise I wouldn't report, record podcasts. So it's like, mm -hmm. I record the podcast. I put it out there. Um, and when people come to me about podcasts, I say, let's just record something. Let's just do it. Yeah. And you just got to do. Stop, you just, stop asking questions. Just do. And guess, like you had said, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to screw up. Hopefully you've done a little bit of research prior to, and, and you kind of have a, a framework as to here's my definite things that I shouldn't do. And here's the things that I definitely need to do. And that's kind of, you have your, um, you kind of have your arcs of fire for that. But outside of those parameters, just do it, just mm -hmm. get it done. Um, just, and I just think focus on the MVP. Your, your MVP is your minimal viable product. You know, like it doesn't have to be perfect. Imperfect action beats perfectionism every time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a great point. There's a lot of people that are, that think like, Oh, I, if I can't launch a training business because I only have one course that listen, man, if that, if that course is, is quality, actionable, relevant content, it's defensible and it's, it's relevant right now and people can use it. It's a good course. You can put it out there and you can sell it. There's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's interesting. You talked about diversifying uh, this, a couple minutes ago. You talked about diversifying, right? Um, for the law enforcement instructors out there, right? And this is something that, um, you know, we're going to be announcing later on in the year because we don't, we don't have all of our ducks in a row yet, but I'll kind of, I'll hint at it here. The, the law enforcement community, the law enforcement business space and, and current market in the United States is around a million sworn officers, give or take hundred thousand here or there. You look at the security industry in the United States and it's well above that. You look, you take a place like Canada, we have about seven times the amount of security officers as we do law enforcement officers. You look at other places in the world and that number gets even crazier. And so if you think that, you know, here's another, I want to, I want to go back to the conversation uh, that I had in January last year with this, this group of instructors, one person, and I won't name them came up and said, um, I don't want to collaborate because they're a direct competitor. And I said, that is amazing. They said, what is, and I said, I had no idea you guys were training 900,000 officers a year. That's phenomenal. And said, what do you mean? We're not training 900,000 officers a year. Good and I'm like, then what the fuck are you talking about? Like people get so hung up on, I'm providing training for this 
that's my agency. They take my training and only my, it's like, these are my toys. I don't want to share them. And um, anybody who's listened to the tactical breakdown before has heard me say that about multiple industries um, within the law enforcement space. It's everywhere. Um, it's, it's everywhere. Um, and the interesting thing about that is there's, there's more than enough market to go around. I don't care if you are a, if you think you're going to go out there and you have to create a product as a firearms instructor, that's going to rival like a Pat McNamara, you're fucking out to lunch. First of all, you don't have his background. You don't have his knowledge, his experience, and you definitely don't have his um, just God-given instinct on marketing and, and communication that he has because it's phenomenal. There are unicorns in the industry that people try to, they, they're like, I need to get to that before I launch my business. That's, it's a, it's a, it's a goal that can never, you can never accomplish that goal. So what ends up, they end up in this paralysis loop where they're like, well, I have to, I just have to do this. And then I just have to do this. And I just have to do this. And guess what? You're a year down the road. You've generated zero income. You've spent all of the money that you had allotted and you're no farther along than when you, you literally should have taken the money, thrown it down the trash compactor and just walked away. You would have saved yourself a year's worth of time. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's that it's, it's those things that I wish with new business owners, I wish I had the ability to do that and just give them a shake and be like, you're not, if you want, you know where they started, they started where you are right now. Yep. And guess what? They, it's not like they just one day decided like, oh, I'm going to start a training company and poof, I have 10 million followers on YouTube and I have all of these businesses and agencies and stuff lined up. That doesn't happen. Guess where it started for them? It started for them while they were working, while they were active, whether in the military, law enforcement or whatever, they were building that network you were talking about. Mm-hmm. They were, they were having conversations and building relationships with their command staff, with other instructors and trainers, with instructors and trainers at other agencies and and documenting, hey, these guys run this training this many times a year. This is who they use. This is what they've identified as being deficient in, da, 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 da. And as you collect all of that data, that is your starting point for where you're going to launch your business. You identify the white space in the market. You identify what solution you can bring to that space and literally hit the gas and go. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's, I, it sounds like I'm oversimplifying it, but literally that's all, that's all it is. But you're not. I mean, it, the incredible thing is, and I, I run into this all the time too with people um, as coaching clients that, that are like, oh, well, I want to be here. We're, and they'll, they'll name a name, right? And, and I'll be like, well, okay, you, first of all, haven't stacked the right skills yet to make it there. And, and two, uh, you can try to emulate somebody or a business and make make errors in your assumption about what they're doing or how they're doing it, right? And so what I always encourage my clients to do when they actually bring that sort of a thing up, I say, well, how about instead of trying to emulate them, how about you ask them to be your mentor? Well, I can't do that. Well, why not? What's wrong? Are you just assuming they're a jerk and they don't want to share with you and, and, you know, have the same idea like you shared in your story earlier about, well, we're competitors, right? Uh, call them, talk to them, tell them, hey, I emulate you. I, I, I admire what you've done and, and I want to know how to achieve that myself. You would be amazed at the number of people that just because you went out of their way to call them 
and share with them that you're inspired by them and what they're doing are willing to share all of their best information and secrets with you about what works and what doesn't. That's how you accelerate, not just by trying to copycat and make assumptions about what they're doing. Ask them to be your mentor. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And and you'd be surprised the connections that they will go out of their way to make for you yeah. in the industry. Mm-hmm. right because they understand here's the funny thing large businesses that have a, a big share of the market aren't afraid of competitors they're not because competition drives market and mm-hmm. so it's 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 this weird it's this weird counterintuitive thing that people get get hung up on where they're like well why would they do that and it's like it's just because you don't understand what their motivations are and you're 100 mm-hmm. percent right it's where is that motivation for them? I would I would encourage everybody, if you haven't watched it yet, um, there is a, uh, a, vi- a movie. It's on YouTube, and I fucking can't remember the name of it. It's um, the McDonald. It's about the McDonald's. It's Founder. It's called Founder. Hmm. It's it's on um, it's on Netflix. And now, if you're wondering where I'm going with this, about we're talking about businesses and training, I'm telling you to watch a movie about McDonald's. <laughs> Um, I thought you guys were talking about being healthy. Uh, yeah, we're talking um, about anything we want. We can talk about whatever <laughs> wants. Our podcast, leave us alone. Um, everybody, for the most part in the world, misinterprets McDonald's business model, hmm. which I find the most fascinating. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie. A lot of I people, a lot of people think McDonald's is in the business of like the food industry, the fast food industry, selling food and and having people buy it which is completely incorrect. The McDonald's business model is about real estate investment. Hmm. So the entire McDonald's business model is real estate. It ain't about selling burgers and French fries. Um, and so if you look at, and, and, and I want, here's the, here's the e- easy exercise on this. I want you to think about where, think about the closest McDonald's to you and think about where that McDonald's is located. I will guarantee you it is usually on a main artery or a secondary artery, and it is at a corner that is very highly trafficked in whatever city, town, or country you're in. Yeah. It's the exact same. It doesn't matter if you go to fucking Sao Paulo, Brazil, if you're in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, or you're in, you know, uh, Houston, Texas. It doesn't make a difference. They are, think about every property that a McDonald's sits on, it is prime real estate in every place that they purchase that's intentional there because the the business is leasing the the people that are that own that franchise are basically leasing that land from mcdonald's so they own the they own the land now that person is leasing that land from them that's where their revenue generation is they could give two shits how many burgers and french fries they sell it doesn't matter and so when you think about it that way you go oh man maybe what are the underpinnings of these large businesses? Where is that revenue? And you may, it may not be where you think it is, right? Let's let's use one. Um, let's hyper focus one for law enforcement. Look at Axon. Um, and I'm not a I'm not a big fan of talking about Axon a whole ton, but <laughs> Axon's business model, where they may generate the majority of their revenue, is through data storage, mm-hmm. right? Data storage. Well, people go like, well, yeah, but they sell tasers and body cams yeah but guess what happens if you're an agency think about your compliance if what happens with all that footage that's recorded from those body cams that has to be kept and documented 
and retrievable for a period of time, depending on where, where you are in the world, your region, your state, what those those laws, federal or, or state or provincial or municipal laws are, they have to keep that data. Data isn't stored for free. And so they'll provide you with the body cams, but you have to use their data storage. And that's, that's where they make their revenue. And so it's not about tasers because they lose money on their tasers. I think I would, and I, this is just complete anecdotal. I mean, I'm guessing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, my guess is they're totally comfortable losing money on tasers because that's not where they're, that's not where their core revenue model is. Mm-hmm. And so again, that's something's hyper-focused, but if you don't, if you have to look at the underpinnings of a company. And so if you're building a company using that same mindset, it's, where is where is my revenue going to come? Where is that sustainable recurring revenue that is going to keep the business afloat? Where is that coming from? And then once you have that established, all of those cool things that you want to do that one uh, that you know uh, one and done course that you want to run in Florida um, that's an exclusive thing or all of these little cool things that you want to do, that is an addition to the core underpinning of your business. And so I think that's another important conversation to have with people is figuring out where, where is that for you? If you're going to start a business, what is that core piece of revenue generation that you're going to have that is recurring, that you can literally set up and it will generate money, not necessarily while you sleep, depending on the business model that you have and what you provide. But the idea being is that it will be there. It's a constant. And then unless there's some act of God that tears something apart, that will always be there for your business. And I think that's something that I messed up when I had my first training business. Um, it was more of a, a, a kind of a, just a one-off course, one-off course, one-off course. Like how many can I try to book without being like, why don't I, at, ne- at no point did I ever set up a, a, a call after a course to say, Hey, that was awesome. Really appreciated training with you guys. When can, when do you need to research next? Let's set that up right now. Bingo. And right. guess what? If Not you can, guess I what? So Auto- dumb. If you can automate that. Weird. I, I, oh, I, no, no, I there's money. <laughs> if somebody could create a system. Oh man, I wish that could um, automate that process for a new business owner. That would be, to, that would be a good to, like, business to follow up with them after a certain period of time and check back in and tell them you're thinking about them. And here's an opportunity to, to come back out again or, Gaining maybe maybe book an advanced course or Ooh. hey hmm. that's listen we should put some pen to paper on that one <laughs> oh wait oh wait ah oh, damn it we did it again oh <laughs> uh, yeah are think we're assholes but that's okay we're friendly assholes it's, it's okay i'm good with it too uh but you know it, the other thing to consider there too uh your unique selling proposition right like i mean there's how many firearms instructors are out there lots a lot of them right uh you know and you could easily say well i, I there's just too many firearms instructors in you know my area of the country or whatever and i, I can't compete with them right but then I, my argument would be well then you're not focusing on the right thing because if you just consider yourself another firearms instructor well then what good are you what, what are you doing that's different you need to come up with what's your unique selling proposition what makes you unique what what do you bring to the table that's that's unlike anything that they can get anywhere else? Um, a good example of this, uh, and this isn't this this particular business owner isn't a first responder, but uh, a client of mine who's a dentist in uh, California, 
And when he first came to me, he would kind of had this woe is me sort of, man, there's just too many dentists in my area and I can't, can't get the business I want and I don't know what to do. And, and I asked him that question. He said, well, what's your unique selling proposition? Like, what do you mean? I said, well, what makes you different than all the rest of the freaking dentists that are in your area? Well, we have uh, every provider, you know, on, in one roof. So you don't have to go all their places. And I'm like, nobody cares about that crap. And so, so I asked him, I'm like, well, what's, what's unique about your area? What's the, like, what's the average income in your area? Oh, well, you know, our average income isn't really reflective of the area we're in because the particular part of town we're in, it's ultra high income people. I'm like, okay, is there anybody else in your area out of these 40 some odd dentists that you mentioned that is marketing themselves as a concierge level dentistry where you could come in and have a mimosa in the waiting room and uh, have VIP parking in the parking lot and, you know, things like that. Well, no. Well, there you go. Hey, let's, let's, let's market to that. You know, you want ultra high worth individuals coming in your door. There's a unique selling proposition, right? So, I mean, that's what uh, I want to in, uh, encourage, uh, you know, other law, law enforcement instructor business owners to consider is, well, what makes me unique? Uh, am I just a firearms instructor or is there something more to it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that's so key, right? Is where do you set yourself apart? And here's the thing too, and it doesn't have to be something massive. And I think that's what people get hung up on too, is they're like, well, like everyone's tried, like everybody does everything else. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, yeah, but there's, there's always something. And I think that's what it's like. Um, if, if I want to think about, just talk about like variation for a second. If you think about um, how many different, types of people there are and different things around the world. Think about this. There's people are still creating new music every single day with new note that, that the amount of notes and the amount of words that have existed. I mean, there's more words that are created all the time, but the amount of notes that are existed has pretty much been a finite thing for a very long time. Yet people are still able to create sequences of notes in a new way every single day. Right. That's kind of like business. There's always something that you can do that's going to be different. And like you had said, it's, you have to identify. And I think here's a big thing too, is identifying your market, right? I think that's where people get hung up also is, um, you know, I, and I never did this initially until I got, I, I was basically forced to, cause I went through this program, um, which was creating an avatar for our business, a customer avatar, um, and, and finding out exactly who it is that we were going to be targeting to. Right. And it's like, well, I want to, Here's a great example with the podcast, Tactical Breakdown. When we started, if you listen to the first episode, I'm like, this is for law enforcement, security corrections, first responders, military members, family, blah, 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 right? Everybody. It's for everybody and their dog, right? Come check it out. That's great, but there was almost, it almost gave me too much leeway to talk about anything I wanted to. And so we ended up having to focus in on, well, what do we want to achieve? Well, we want to achieve people getting better training, right? So we're going to provide it. Or, okay, well, how do we do that that's different? Well, shit, nobody tar- nobody has conversations about instructing with instructors that's designed for students because that's nobody does that. And so I was like, well, why don't we do that instead? And that's where everything kind of came from, right? It's let's let's have that discussion between instructors that sounds like what we're having behind a closed door after a training session 
and talking about all those things that helps us develop training for other officers, but then mm-hmm. let's let them hear it. So instead of you having to be part of the club, we're just going to give you access to the information. Um, and, and, you know, I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek. I've said this tons of times on the podcast, you know, establishing your why and understanding your why. Yeah. Um, that stands the same for personal development as it does for business development, right? Understand got that book why. behind me somewhere. Do you, it's, in, yeah. it's in the shelf. Yeah. Somewhere back there behind me. But I did, I did reach out to Simon. I, I am, I am actively trying to get him as a speaker for our next event. So, Oh, that'd I'll, be awesome. I'll, uh, I'll see if we can make that happen. But you know what, Adam, you, you're more of a natural than you give yourself credit for, because what, what you did there is you focused on problem market fit instead of product market fit. And that's unfortunately most business owners, they automatically by nature focus on product market fit where they're like, okay, I have a product. Who do I sell it to? And how do I sell it to them? Problem market fit means how do I solve a particular problem for a particular audience? And then I create the product behind that. And that's a whole lot more successful than focusing on product market fit. Identify the problem first. Yeah. And I mean, I'm lucky and it's just the the way that the, like, I go back to this concept of the network and the collaboration. Um, this came up in a, in a conversation I had yesterday about uh, getting accredited training and grant actually doing grant writing state by state. Every state in the U.S. Um, is different when it comes to, to grant writing, when it comes to uh, accreditation and, and all these different types of things. So one state may say, well, we need um, one of our instructors that's from our state on the training in order for us to accredit it through our post. And you go, okay, well, I don't have one of your instructors. So so what will happen for most companies is they'll say, well, we don't have one of your instructors. So I guess that that excludes us and they'll be like, okay, that we don't, we don't meet those criteria onto the next state or whatever it is mm-hmm. where I look at it and I go, Hey, I have a pretty big network. I bet you I can find a high level instructor in that state. And I bet you, I can be like, Hey man, I need like half an hour of your time. And we're going to talk about whatever the topic is and we're going to record it. And I'm going to give you a percentage of whatever we bring in and that's it. And we're going to create this content. And what we'll do is we'll go back to that, the agencies in that state and say, what training do you need? And they go, well, this, this, and this. And I go, fuck, we don't have that. Um, but you know what? I know somebody who does. And then I call that company and I say, Hey, do you want to collaborate? I have yeah. the in, you have the resources. Let's put them together. I'll sell your stuff to them and we'll all make money. And they're like, yeah, hundred percent. And then you, our goal as a company, as I let is to deliver actionable, relevant training to officers. That's it. Very, very simple mission statement, right? Everything that I do is to facilitate that. So if I have to collaborate, if I have to work with, if I have to come into different types of sharing agreements and and revenue share and splits and all this kind of stuff with other companies, I'm flexible enough that I'm willing to do that because it solves the problem, right? And and it accomplishes our goal. So it's like a win-win. Yeah. What ends up being like a win-win, win-win, (laughs) win-win, right? But that's... I, I, I don't know why. And I feel like it's funny every time I say it, cause it's like, it makes so much sense now, but it used to be like, it's like, well, you couldn't do that because of X, Y, or Z or whatever excuse you wanted to make. Um, and it's funny. My wife tells me this all the time. She's like, why do you tell everybody what you're doing? And 
like, why are you telling everybody what your plans are and what courses you're running and, and what your plans are for your summits and these businesses and all this stuff? And I said, because I don't like, let them do it. If somebody wants to come along and try to recreate what we're doing, either a, it's going to help drive the market. So when B publish what they're setting out to do, which is deliver better training than I'm doing, which at the end of the day still accomplishes my mission, which is provide relevant actual training to police officers, right? Or C, guess what's probably going to happen at the end of the day? If we have two companies that are growing at the same rate, one of them's going to go above. And then usually what happens is they end up merging at some point anyways. Yeah. Like, or I'll even throw another one in there. It motivates you to right? do more. Yeah. Well, I think we had this discussion. I, I probably don't need any more motivation. <laughs> um, you know, they uh they they excrete um like basic caffeine straight from my blood to to build supplements out of that's <laughs> i'm like the i'm the it generates in my body um so i don't think motivation is the uh is the the essence that i'm lacking but no i i i, I hear what you're saying there it's it's so crazy it's just crazy mm. to me I, I i know it's like i feel like i'm beating a dead horse but that this collaborative aspect of business is it has to be right now. I think it's the most underutilized thing. I think people just aren't doing it. And it's, it's part of it. It's because people are afraid. They're afraid that if I collaborate with this person, or if I share this information with this person, maybe it's going to go bad. Um, and, and let me tell share a quick story. Um, I had, and this, this is, this is a true story. I had a person that I was working with. Um, I thought they were a mentor to me. Um, and so I'd shared a lot of information with them. A lot of the stuff that I'm, I'm talking about with, I, like with Islet as we grew things and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I said, uh, Hey, I, I'm at one point we were looking to, to bring in investors. And I said, I'm, uh, I'm looking, could you, I'm kind of help me put together. He's like, well, I'm I'll invest. Um, and I'm like, okay. And then I went to do that, go through that process with them. And, uh, they were basically like, Oh no, like, I'm not giving like giving you any money. Like I'll just take 50% or whatever they wanted of the company. Cause like uh, they thought all of the ideas were their ideas as well, because they were part of like, I'd shared them with them. Um, and so <laughs> I sat there and I was like, Hmm. So at the end of the day, I did have to go through a lot of different uh, IP lawyers in Canada and the U S and had, there was some expenses there, but it was interesting because one I don't think that they had realized that I had also had the same conversation um, with 30 to 40 other people, yourself included, throughout this process. And so it's it's like, and it, it, it was funny because as, and like I said, I, I keep names and stuff out of this, but um, people don't work with that person necessarily anymore. Um because they're like, because I shared the story. They're like, who was it? No, really tell me because we'll like take care of it. And I'm like, no, no, like it's fine. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, I like worst case for a business owner, worst case scenario, somebody feels that they have ownership over your business for whatever reason, um, whether it be through some type of contractual obligation or in this case, some type of uh, mutually uh, shared IP and, and things like that. Um, there are things like that. Again, going back to that, what conversations do we need to have with business owners, including liability and, and other things like that, that are very important. Yeah. Um, how to cover your ass. And if you're having a conversation and you don't have an NDA, um, again, I'll fly out to you and give you a kick in the nuts to save you the trouble. Um, 
But even all of that, all of that, I wouldn't trade that knowledge and experience of that for anything because, yeah. you know, it, other than give me some like, you know, anxiety for a couple months, it really wasn't the worst thing in the world. And it, you know what it did? It strengthened my belief in the relationships that I had with every other person. Yeah. Because the, it's surprising to me how many people had my back. Um, like without, without question, not even me asking, like them just volunteering, like, where do I have to go? Who do I have to talk to? Mm-hmm. And that, that is as a, as a person that's reassuring, but as a business owner, what that tells me is I'm obviously doing something right. Yeah. Right? Well, and I mean, truthfully, I mean, copycatting is kind of a natural part of business and, uh, it, th- they say that to what is it i don't know what the exact phrase is but it's like to be copied is uh you know a form of flattery right imitation is a form of flattery that's right imitation is the grandest form of flattery yes um and it's and it's really true uh so i mean yeah you have to be smart about it right and you have to lay the right foundation to protect yourself but at the same time like i mean dude i get ripped off all the time from other marketing agencies and web design agencies that They'll, they'll come and, you know, go into my funnels, right? Because I give away like free stuff all the time. It's part of a funnel. I give away lead generators and downloads and free courses and stuff like that. And I get people, I see them. I see the email addresses that come across and I'm like, if you're going to funnel hack me, at least be smart enough to use like some, you know, nondescript email address that doesn't have your company domain name in it. Right. But I, and, and then I'll go like two weeks later and look at their website and they're giving away my lead generating asset. And I get ripped off all the time, but you know what? I don't really care (laughs) because if you're going to put yourself out there and you're going to put out quality work, people are going to steal it from you. People are going to try to copycat you. You know, like you were talking about McDonald's earlier. They, I mean, they, they created the Big Mac, right? The special sauce in the Big Mac. Think of any burger joint in the country. And I don't care whether it's a chain or just some local mom and pop restaurant that doesn't have their own version of a Big Mac. And, and the special sauce, right? I mean, you're, you're going to get ripped off and that's just part of it. People are going to try to copycat you. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, yeah, it, it's funny. The, the, the funnel thing, it's like, um, it, when if, if anybody's listening to this and you're wondering what he's talking about, essentially what would happen is say you have some proprietary system or funnel or software or something that you have that you've put together through your own IP Somebody decides like, I want to use that. Usually what they'll do is they'll buy into your membership or they'll buy a subscription or they'll buy whatever. They'll come in, they'll copy all of it. They'll end their, they'll cancel their subscription. Um, and then they'll go and they'll take it and then they'll recreate it. Usually um, very poorly and then try to sell it for themselves or give it away. And it's, it is funny when it happens. Um, obviously there's a lot of people that's happened a lot in the law enforcement and self-defense industries. Um, you know, I know a few people very, very well who have gone through that and and have spent many millions of dollars, um, in those battles, but it's, it's an interesting component to business. Um, and I think, I think a key part takeaway from all of that is if you have somebody copying what you're doing, chances are that you're probably doing it right. Exactly. Right. You just got to stay ahead of the curve in innovation. That's all. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's the other thing too, is it's, it's, you, it's, you can't really take your foot off the gas. And, and here's an, so here's another, here's another um, rabbit hole to go down. People that think entrepreneurship is 
getting things going, having a good idea, setting up a company, and then just train doing training and then going on vacation and, and all this Autopilot. kind of stuff, right? Um no. <laughs> That's it's it's literally so much more work. I can't I can't explain to you how much more work running your own business is um effectively than just have collecting a paycheck it is i mean um and i don't talk about this too too much uh, even on our podcast but i mean i probably work well i i would say i probably don't stop my wife would tell you i don't stop working because i'm always on my phone and and like to the detriment of like my relationship <laughs> but um i probably work actively 80 hours a week if not more um and that's and that's on like a regular week. If I'm if it's like a week leading up to an uh, like a, an event or something that we're running, my wife knows to just leave me alone. I'm literally I live and breathe and sleep in my office. Like I'll put in <laughs> 17, 18 hour days um, for two weeks straight. Um, and I think that's what people don't get. And they, they I think that's the hard part for people when they actually get into owning a business. Then they realize how much work it actually is. And that's yeah. when you get that attrition where they're like, fuck this, I'm out. Like pop mm -hmm. smoke. Like I'm going to go get a cushy consulting job at Bob security company. Cause it, it, it is. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you have to be passionate about what you're doing, if you want to have a sustainable business, um, if you're just doing it cause you think it's going to make you a ton of money. I, I, there's again, those are unicorns. Those are few and far between where you come up with some phenomenal idea that goes viral and sells and you generate millions of revenue um, off of minimal work. It does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but um, if you think it's going to happen to you, I, I think you're going to be sorely uh, mistaken and, and upset with the result. Agreed. Yeah. Holy. I feel like we've given a business class. Whew. Yeah. That's a good, man. This has been awesome. I need like, a Hey, we should uh, we should tell people to to look forward to coming to see us both at uh, Ilita, shouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, encourage sure. people to come to that. Absolutely. So, um, if you guys aren't tracking on what Adam's talking about there, uh, Ilita is the International Law Enforcement Educators and Trainers Association. Um, they are hosting their in person conference in St. Louis, Missouri, um, and that's going to be in March, the fourteenth to the nineteenth of March. Um, and so, uh, it's out of, uh, St. Louis, St. Louis, uh, union station hotel, uh, which mm -hmm. is a gorgeous, gorgeous, uh, venue. Um, I'm going to be there. Islet network is going to be there. Um, and uh, we're going to be doing podcasts with all the instructors and trainers. You can come by, say hi. Uh, we can do an interview. Um, I'm, uh, honored that I'm also going to be presenting. I'm going to be teaching a course, uh, that week. Um, the title of the course is, um, train outside your bubble, adapt and evolve. So kind of along the same lines that we were, we've talked about a little bit earlier today, which is evolution of, of what you're doing as an instructor and as a trainer um, and why you can't just stagnate on the information that you currently have. Same in business as it is in training. We always have to adapt and evolve. And, and so that's the core concepts that I'm going to be speaking of there. Um, and uh, what do you got going on there, brother? Well, I'm not, I'm not as cool as you. I'm not going to be presenting anything, but um <laughs> uh you're no. cooler you're cooler you don't need to, you don't need to present that's yeah, the thing. Just, you you just, you've evolved to that next level where you're just like i just right. need to show up sure. i'll just be sitting in a booth with my feet kicked up 
no, so we'll we'll be there uh, representing Breacher CRM and Eliota CEO the community. Um, I didn't I didn't tell Alita that. I just I just purchased one booth. They don't but, need to know. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, we'll we'll have a booth there. Um, I you know I I still don't even fully have my plan together yet on what we're going to do but there's been a little bit of talk between uh myself and austin who uh he's he's part of uh the whole breacher crm deal with me he's my i still don't have a technical term for him yet i've been calling him the chief automation officer uh lately which i think works really well but either way he's going to be there with me he's a former cop too um and uh an instructor himself uh in a few few different disciplines but We've talked about maybe even sponsoring a little bit of a cocktail hour at some point to uh I don't know. I don't know if hey, it's gonna that, happen yet. Or not, hits but... home. Think about think about your market. That hits yeah. home with that market. Yeah. So I mean you're gonna have to suffer through, you know, listening to us jibber jabber about how awesome our software is. But it's painful. Um, I've been talking to you for over an hour now and I'm well here's <laughs> hey, here's the need thing. A drink? Yeah, now I need a drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get ah see ah good we've got we've got the practice in now yeah <laughs> so we'll be there for that uh, at the very least and just hanging out just just talking answering questions meeting people uh, giving away some free t-shirts and some other swag and uh, just having a good time love it well I'm excited that you guys are going to be there when you told me that you're going to be down there I was I told you like I was really excited for it um, also because one of the and and again so let's talk about some of that collaboration that we kind of um, hinted at at the beginning of this podcast yeah um one of the things that ILET's doing this year um is a collaborative effort to create an instructor development program and we would be remiss in the development of that program if for the the people that are instructors that have their own training companies if we didn't give them all of the resources that we possibly could to be successful in delivering that training they may have the best training in the world but if they have no way to get it out to people, then it doesn't service anybody. And that's why I directly, I, the first thing when we put this thing together, I reached out to Adam and I said, Hey, how do we get you guys looped into this so that we have resources on the business side of things to give to instructors. And, um, and that's kind of where this whole, um, that's when you first brought up this uh, breacher CRM that you were in beta um, and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, I want to be a part of that. I want to use it on our platform. And, and then we started interconnecting all the pieces the instructor development program is going to be kind of a three-stage program. And so let's talk, let's go back and, and use this, this framework that we've already established over this conversation, which is what was the problem that was identified and why we even created this thing in the first place. The problem from an instructor perspective in law enforcement is that for the majority of places around the world, major, like obviously we can talk exclusively for the U.S. just as this is an example, an instructor will go through their instructor qualification training in their state. So their post-certified training through their state level academy or through their post board. And usually what will happen is that 40 hours will sustain them as an instructor for the remainder of their career. So they don't have to go back and recertify their instructor training. They don't have to go and do additional hours or anything like that. Once you get that check in the box and that stamp on your, uh, on your jacket, you can literally go through and be an instructor um, for the rest of your career. Obviously, that serves some type of uh, issue when we talk about training and, and how we create and evolve training. Now, don't get me wrong. There are phenomenal, amazing, innovative trainers all around the United States that constantly go out and seek their own training year after year. And 
a good chunk of those people are, are members of organizations like Ailita. Um, and they go and they, they spend their own money or they're, they're lucky enough to have their agency fund them to come down to a conference like Ailita and get that continuous training so they can stay on the cutting edge of what's happening in training. But unfortunately, as we've also discussed, the last couple of years have led to the defund the police, a, a reduction in training hours, a reduction in training budget. And that is only exacerbating this problem where instructors aren't being given the time or the resources to go out and get additional training. And so when I when I sat there and I and I ruminated on this, that's going to be my fancy word for this episode, ruminate. If you don't know what it is, go Google it. Um, I ruminated on this idea and I thought, how do we get instructors more training so that they, we at least know that they are up to speed on the most critical components of adult learning methodology. Um, our goal isn't to say, if you're a firearms instructor, I'm not going to sit there and teach you or tell you how you have to teach the fundamentals of shooting that you're going to be teaching. That's not, that's not our goal. We don't do that. But what I am going to do is I'm going to share with you all of the, the scientific based principles that we know from adult learning that will allow you to deliver that training content in a way that we can observe that learning has occurred with your students. And that is the critical component that is missed in a lot of training, which is how do we establish that the officer walking away from that training program actually learnt and can utilize the information that was given to them? A lot of the times and too often what happens is they get a qualification, they get a check in the box, and from a liabilities and policy perspective from the, the respective agency, that's all they care about. Did, did they get the training? Yes. Are we covered? Yes. Is it now the officer's fault if they fuck up? Yep. Cool. Rock and roll back on the, back on the road, right? That's an issue because we want officers to be safer. And so we created this instructor development program in collaboration with iAdolest and anybody listening to this in the U S most of you probably know who iAdolest is, um, Ailita, um, NAFTO, which is the national association of field training officers. We also have instructors and experts that were former, uh, West point instructors, um, Command College instructors, Fletzy, um, FBI National, uh, the that ran instructed training for the FBI National Academy and the FBI in-person training, the director of training academies up here in Canada, in the United States, in England, um, in Australia and Mexico. And so what we've done is we've taken the best of the best from around the world and um, and we've put them together in this program and the last connection that we had, the last collaboration that we put together here was with the amazing team at Force Science Institute. And now, um, if you're not familiar with Force Science Institute, definitely recommend you go check them out, forsciencenorg But they have two phenomenal staff instructors, uh, Chris Butler and Mike Masango. Chris Butler was a former inspector in uh, Calgary Police Service up here in Canada. Um, he has his own training company, Raptor Protection Services, um, and it is my personal opinion that he is one of the top instructor trainers in the world. Um, I have been lucky enough that I have dealt and worked with a lot of instructors and I keep coming back to him as, as the, he is one of the preeminent instructors in the world. And so I, I trust him implicitly when it comes to training development um, and methods of instruction. And the other, other person there, Mike Masingo, who was the former director of the Syracuse uh, Police Academy and um, is now, a, again, a, like I said, a, a staff instructor with Force Science Institute. He, um, so between the two of them, Chris has developed with Raptor Protection Services, a 40-hour methods of instruction program 
that will be licensed and, and available in the United States through Forest Science Institute and through Raptor Protection throughout the rest of the world. And then Mike is also developing through his, his private company as well, a 300 hour advanced instructional design program. And now um, you're right. 300 hours is a lot of hours, but the idea with this entire concept of instructor development is on the ILET platform, you're going to come into the instructor development program with ILET um, and there is a cost associated uh, associated with it. It is a paid program, um, but we are going to be working with an in-house grant officer to be able to facilitate grants for agencies so they can um, access the training. Um, Access, access, Jesus, that sounded weird. Um, Access training. (laughs) They can, uh, I'm having a stroke. Um, (laughs) The the program and the platform is simple and, and here's what it is. I want to lean back on that collaborative model. I have the unique, um, just, I'm, I'm humbled with the amount of people that have, have been a part of ILET and continue to, to jump on board and support and, and give their time and energy and love to, to what we're doing here. And so with all of these amazing instructors, we're creating a core module group, a package um, where there's key learning outcomes. And those outcomes are based off of like a 30 minute block where you understand a core concept of adult learning. And then there's a workbook or a, 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 some type of worksheet that you complete and send back to us as an organization so that we can evaluate that you've actually taken what we've given you and you've implemented it. So for as an example, um, let's talk blocked um, and siloed versus interleave training. If I take that, I can, I can sit here and I can talk to you about block versus interleave training for hours. Is that effective? Probably not. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, hey, Adam, you're an instructor with your agency. What I want to do is I'm going to give you this this core idea of what it is. And now I want you to take your current training schedule and I want you to use this framework and I want you to rewrite your training schedule for your agency using this methodology. And then you're going to send that back to us and we're going to say, hey, this is great. Here's some suggestions or whatever. We're going to send it back to you. Two things happen. Well, more than two things happen, but two key things happen. One, I've now identified that you've taken in the the information, you've been able to utilize it, and now you've sent it back to me showing that you have an understanding of the concepts, the core concepts behind the learning. So I can evaluate that, hey, check in the box, learning has occurred. And the second thing that you're going to get is now that you've put it all this work in, you have experts that are phenomenal at this type of training block. They're going to send that back to you. And guess what else you walk away with? You walk away with a completed new training package for your agency that is based off of the most up-to-date scientific principles that you could literally just take an insert and use for your agency as is. So now you've walked away with something actionable from it. And so now all of these core principles are maybe 10, 12, whatever it is. Those are core learning um, objectives. Outside of that, we're going to have special objectives for independent um, groups. So FTOs, they'll be training specifically for FTOs, for in-service instructors, for academy instructors, for firearms instructors, for use of force instructors, for third-party training providers. And this is, again, where that collaboration with with uh, with you comes in. You're going to be working with me directly, and we're going to create training content for business owners that are in the training space. We're going to talk to about liability. What does liability look like? How do you cover your ass when it comes to providing training to an agency? What do you have to know about civil and criminal liability? How do you set up and structure a business depending on where you're at? We'll give you the kind of key components to that. Obviously, it'll be different depending on where you are in the world, but 
for the most part, there's some pretty, um, pretty universal concepts behind setting up a business and how that works. We're going to talk about all of those little different components about marketing and stuff like that. And then guess what? If you're an independent third-party provider, we're going to make sure that we get you hooked up with the Breacher CRM team so that when you have your business running, we can walk you through the most effective way to do that because we know that the Breacher CRM system right now for law enforcement instructors is the best system on the market. Otherwise, I wouldn't be using it. And again, that's not to blow smoke up your ass, brother. It's it's literally, and I told you this, I, I was searching for something that was, that so, you provided a solution to my problem <laughs> that I couldn't figure out on my own after two years, right? And so that's awesome. That, that's the first part of that component is, and then it's an ongoing thing. So you're part of this group. It's for a, it's an annual thing. It's not a one and done. You don't take the training and walk away. Fuck that noise. That's not what we want. We want instructors that have access to continued education and development. So every week we're going to be hosting a live workshop. So whether that's me hosting it or another instructor on the platform, but every week, you know, that you can come to ILET to the instructor development program and you have a question and it doesn't have to be about instructor development. It could be a very hyper specific question on use of force theory or something as an example. If I don't have the answer for you, which will be 99.9% of the time, I am going to go to whoever we have in our network and I'm going to reach out. If it's use of force, I'm probably going to go to the force science team or somebody associated in that industry. And I'm going to get them to record an answer to your question. We're going to have that answer available to you. And so at the, the next week, when you come back, you don't have me answering your question on use of force. You have Dr. Bill Lewinsky or a Vaughn Kleem or a Jamie Borden or an Eric Daigle or whoever it is that is the expert in that specific thing. They're answering that question for you. And now that answer lives as a resource on the platform. You can imagine what that database is going to look like even after a year. That is this continuous development. So we don't just... We don't just give lip service to this idea of continued development. We, we practice what we preach and we're going to continuously to do that over and over again as this, as this entire community develops. And then if you think that that's not enough, which is, I mean, it's a lot and you want to go and take a 40 hour program from Chris Butler, the methods of instruction program, that's your phase two. And then if you think that that's not enough, and you want to go through a university level program, which is a 300 hour advanced instructional design course run by Mike Misengo, that's then available to you as well. So there's always something next. We're never going to stagnate you where you're like, well, there's nothing next to do. No, there's always something to do. Um, and so really excited about this program because not only do we get to develop instructors, but from the, to go back to the business component of it, we get to, we know that we have the best developed instructors now in the world. And now we get to use a program like Breacher and resources like Adam here to help you build those into companies that you can take and run and get out to more people and more agencies and more officers. And then guess what? I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen is you say, hey, Adam, we're starting a business. The first person that's going to be in your corner to collaborate with you is going to be me and Isla. I'll tell you that. I will guarantee you that right now because that is what we do here as a network. That is the whole core purpose of what we're putting together. And, and um, I know I feel like I'm standing on my soapbox talking about this, but you can probably <laughs> verbally tell and visually, if you're watching this, you can tell how excited I am about it because it, it is, it is exciting. And, and we preface this entire conversation, this entire podcast, at the beginning, say we have exciting stuff to talk about. 
I mean, yeah. I don't know if, if anybody else is excited about it. No, probably no one's more excited about it than I am. But I think this is just super for from an industry perspective. I think it's a game changer, and mm-hmm. um, and I'm really really looking forward to it. And um, truth be told, and this is full disclosure, what I'm trying to accomplish with Islet wouldn't be possible without Adam and his team and his program because um, it's like I said earlier, it's the framework of what all of this is being built out on. Well, thank you for that. That's those are kind words, and and I you know I appreciate. I appreciate the collaboration. I mean, just the opportunity to, to, to work with you on that and help you guys fulfill the mission that you have. Um, it's, it's a, it's a good one. And it's one that I'm proud to be part of and I'm excited to see what happens here in, in the coming days and months. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be neat. It's going to be really neat. I have this, I have this kind of like vision uh, to transform the, the classroom if you will, for these law enforcement instructors and not only transform the classroom, but obviously transform their businesses too. And so, you know, I, I loosely describe our mission is to eliminate the old school sign in sheet for your classroom, make that a thing of the past, make a dynamic training environment, knowledge assessment, a thing of the current current and make recurring revenue for your business, a thing of the future. Um, and that's, that's really kind of what our focus is because I mean, imagine like right now, I, I, I didn't even realize how big of a problem I guess this was, but uh, I talked to so many instructors that they go to a classroom and they pass around a sign sign in sheet still, right? Like everybody's just passing around the sign in sheet. And, and then the worst part about that is, is those poor instructors who are trying to run a business, what do they have to do with that next? Well, now they've got to create a copy to be able to send to the agency. They have to send it to the post board. They have to send it to whoever, right? They need to keep one for their own records. But more importantly, if they want to do marketing the right way, they have to sit there in front of their stupid email marketing software and try to type in every single one of those email addresses. If they were written correctly. Exactly. And if they're even legible, right? And so one of the first things we did was simplify that process by creating QR codes. You create a QR code in our software, you stick it up on the screen in your classroom, people snap. I mean, everybody has their phones with them everywhere they go, right? Snap a photo of that QR code. It takes them to a sign-in form and they boop, just hit a button. Hey, you've signed in for class for the day. And now the instructor has all of that data and information in their system. They can run a report and export a class roster from that class. They can, they've now got the information in their, their marketing software so they can follow up with students, you know, to a year and a half down the road and say, Hey, it's time for your two-year research. Here's a list of my classes that are coming up. Go find one. Right. I mean, it it just saves so much time and headaches. And then um, think about this too, in a dynamic learning environment, you're out on the range and you want to test everybody's knowledge on some of the fundamentals that you just covered. Are are you going to give everybody a quiz and a piece of paper out on the range and, you know, find a spot to sit down in the grass and, and, and fill this out? No, probably not. But what, again, what does everybody have with them? They have their mm-hmm. phones, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can have them either through a QR code, a direct link, or send a text, you know, text uh, assessment to 29255. Or I, There's so many different ways we can accomplish this in our system and have them fill out an assessment of their knowledge and, and skill. They fill out a form, ask them the questions you want to ask about that particular phase of learning. And now you've got all that recorded in your system. 
uh, you know, you don't have to give them a quiz down the road that they're never going to, you're going to have to chase everybody down to get it done. You know, do it now, do it right now in the dynamic learning environment. And then like I talked about earlier, we just creating those opportunities for revenue and selling online courses and invoicing and things of that nature, making, making that simple. It's solving the infrastructure problem. Um, so it's, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, where, where that goes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it's really going to be, I lead it here in March is really going to be the first time people are going to get massive exposure to, to what you guys have put together, which is uh, I'm excited for. Um, I know what, like, I already know, like we uh, will have a game plan, but I know I'm just going to be kicking people over to your booth essentially the whole time. So um, <laughs> I'll be like, go see the other Adam. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for that, man. And also I'm also excited for a potential uh, whiskey night or whatever it is that you're hosting. Cause uh, I'm in, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I know to have to do to sign up. I'll scan whatever QR code you want. As long as the, the drinks are full. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Now that I said it, I, I probably have to do here. it now. Okay, right? I guess. Like, whatever gets me the drinks. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. Funny. Now, now I'm probably gonna have to do it. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, you put it out there in the universe. You I screwed up my there. fat mouth. Yeah, yeah. You screwed up. Um, what else is coming up down the down the line here with your uh, with the copreneur podcast there you got some uh guests coming up or what what is that uh, what does your production schedule look like do you have like what are you guys posting stuff yeah so it comes out every week every monday at 6 a.m there's a new episode that comes out um I, you know i i actually batch record uh admittedly I, people people on the other end always think that you're you know you just sit down and record and then put it out right but yeah i, re- no. I record <laughs> I record the first Thursday of every month and I just try to jam in as many episodes as I can get them recorded. And then my podcast manager edits them and, and puts them out there. Um, but uh, yeah, no, we've got some exciting things coming up. One of the ones I'm really excited about coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, one of the things I get asked all the time is, Hey, how do I publish my own book? I want to write a book. Uh, how do I do that? What's the process look like? And I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, you, Get a you got pen me. And paper and start right. writing. Yeah. So um, I, I had uh, a guest come on from Book Launchers, uh, and uh, her name is uh, uh, Linda Broad, and um, she talks about how to publish your own book, how to write your own book, how to hire a ghostwriter. Um, if you're somebody that puts out a bunch of content like like you and I do, um, and you don't have the time to write your own book, you know, you can say. Hey, here's a brain dump of my ideas and here's all of my content. Take it and turn it into a book. And uh, so anyway, she's going to talk about that with everybody. So I'm excited about that episode. Um, But hey, you know what? Probably what's more important to talk about here. I am always looking for awesome guests and whether here's kind of the two things, the two areas I look for. I either want to talk to copperneurs. I want to talk to copperneurs who can share their experiences of transition and and, and business and, and whatever, or I want to talk to marketing and business experts that can share their advice with my audience, right? Those are the two types of guests I'm always looking for. Mm-hmm. And so if anybody listening to this right now um, knows uh, of anybody that'd be a great guest, or maybe you'd be a great guest, um, I would absolutely love to have you be on the show or, uh, you know, you can uh, submit somebody to me as, as a possibility. You can email me at adam at leo2ceo.com and that's the number two so adam at leo the number two ceo.com um or you can just go straight to filling out my guest questionnaire 
which you go to cpp.fm. So that's CPP for Copper Newer Path Podcast. cpp.fm forward slash BA guest. And you can fill out the guest questionnaire and we'll get you on the show. Interesting. All those links will be in the show notes. Because that's don't 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 write it down. Just it'll be in the show notes. Click. The yeah, link. don't type while you're driving either. Yeah, yeah, don't <laughs> do that. Yeah, don't pause it. Go back. Listen to us more than you need to. Um, that's funny. Um, if you want to be a guest of the Tactical Breakdown podcast, you can't because it's invite only. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're not that big yet. Um, but uh, we'll never be that big. But uh, if you want to, for anybody who wants to be on our show, literally, you if you listen to it before, you know, instructors, trainers subject matter experts, people that just want to share something, you know, for the industry that's actionable, relevant, right? I'll go back to these words, actionable, relevant, and, uh, you know, preferably um, useful information Um, because it can be actionable and relevant, but it could be, you know, it's like not useful to to the audience. So know who you're talking to. But um, we've had a couple of those. Have you, here's a fun question. Let's, let's uh, complete different direction. Have you ever recorded an episode and not released it? Uh, no, I don't think I, an, I don't think like I have. Not an individual episode, but have you ever have you ever interviewed somebody and then not released the episode? Uh, I I almost don't want to actually say this, but I, I I've never done that. But I will admit there was there was one time I can think of off the top of my head where I thought about it. <laughs> oh. Which now anybody that's been a guest on my show that's listening to this is going to wonder, oh, is that is that my episode? Um, right. But uh, no, I've I've never recorded anything and not released it. I have. Um, <laughs> I've done it. I've done it a few times. Um, what one? So it it, it depends too on the situation. One time was because we recorded it. It was an awesome episode. They came back later and said, uh, "Can't release that. There's a lot of shit in there that I, apparently I wasn't supposed to talk about." <laughs> Okay, so that one's out. Um, I've also had it where um, I've recorded something and the audio was completely corrupted, and it was just com- it was like no. s- squirrels ass raping each other the entire time. I've had that happen. Yeah, I've that had to re-record. There's nothing worse than having to call somebody back and say, "Can we?" Re-? It's funny. I've I've had to do it twice, and and luckily I'm I'm just very fortunate in that both times I I called those people and I said, "Hey, listen." I hate to tell you this, but the audio was just jacked and I, I just can't fix it. They go, <laughs> oh, thank God. Like, I would love to redo it. Like, I have so many other ideas that I'd rather talk about. I'm like, oh, okay, oh. great. No problem. So, it, so it only- I actually I, I, I actually went out of my way because I felt so bad. And it was my audio that was horrible, not theirs. I actually hired a transcriptionist to, to, to transcribe all of what I said. And then, and then I just went it. back and re-recorded my part and my podcast. The editor just overrode it and uh, nobody knew the difference. Nobody knew the difference, but I did not want to call this guest back to have to redo it. That <laughs> is funny. I mean, that's a good solution. That's Hey, but that's, that's problem solving, right? Yeah. Like that could potentially happen if you have a very like high profile guest. That's like, I've been trying to get this guy for a year and you know, like, how do you, so, um, Fun fact for anybody who's ever considering recording or doing anything, um, redundant pro, redundant recording devices, always, 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 always. So if it's not, it's being recorded multiple different ways every time you do something. So um, especially if you're doing like live video, um, you know, lav mics, isolated lav mics, um, 
shotgun mics, camera mics. Man, I when I record stuff in person, dude, I have like four audio files per person um, every time. And it's just because, you know, it's like nice. there's nothing worse than than I'd rather have it and just delete it if I don't need it. Then, But if you don't have it and it gets screwed up, you're like, well, that was a complete waste of time. Yep. Right? The worst. The worst. Um, I think that's I, – I, instead of going down other rabbit holes here dude i think we should just let's let's shut her down and 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 uh i think we did a i think we did a good job today i i'd like to pat ourselves on the back i think this was a fantastic episode all right yeah you know what if we keep recording for about another 20 minutes we can call this a movie instead of a podcast right or another hour and a half we could call it a marvel movie there, yeah <laughs> <laughs> those are they're getting they're getting excessively long at this point like it's mm-hmm it's getting to that, getting to that point. Um, listen, brother, I'm uh, just honored every time I get the chance to, to sit down and talk with you. We always have just Likewise. the most, the most entertaining conversations. And um, you know, this is the, it, it's, you can tell when you get along with somebody and when you're like-minded and, and you have the same types of passion as somebody, it, it makes for a very, very easy conversation. And, and I feel that way every single time you and I get a chance to talk and um, I appreciate what you're doing and, and what you do for this industry, for officers and, and um, really appreciate the fact that you created some shit that I use on a day-to-day basis that makes my life easier. So thank you for that, dude. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys taking the dive into it. And uh, Kayla is awesome, by the way. She's really taking it by the horns. And she's in there and she's trying things out and making it work. And she, she's she's pretty awesome. Yeah, Kayla's phenomenal. Um, she is, uh, for anybody who's who knows Islet or whatever, that's... She's usually the main point of contact. She is kind of the 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 captain of the ship, really. Um, I I'm I'm more of the figurehead. She kind of captains the ship with everything. So um, she's absolutely phenomenal. Thank you for that shout out for her. She uh, she definitely deserves it. And um, I'm just uh, I'm looking forward to uh, you know being able to to put more and more stuff out here, not just through the podcast, but through the platform, and um, and obviously in collaboration with you guys and um, and all of our other amazing partners because there are there are a ton, but. Um, I'm excited for, for what you're cut. You have coming out here too, with these uh, new podcast episodes, the, the kind of, uh, little mini series is that you're putting out there. I think that's a phenomenal idea. Yeah. I'm excited about it too. I've got a bunch in the tank already. I just haven't released the actual podcast feeds yet. So, um, uh, I will, I will soon. say it does chat my ass a little bit because I literally, and I could go back to, I would have to pull out recordings from the first dozen or 15 podcasts that i did like back in 2019 because i had a um i can't remember what the segment was called i called it uh i have to have to think back it was like the tactical timeout no tactical (laughs) bit tactical something it sounded stupid but the idea of it was every time i did an episode i had them give me a some like one short um uh, piece of information that was like some tactical um, skill set or something for an officer to practice every single shift. Um, and so I had that. And for some reason, I never released it. I never did anything with it. And now it's too far gone. And now if I were to no. do it, now I'm just copying you. So I can't. So Oh, no, you're that. not. No, whatever. I I, it. Honestly, I stole the idea from Pat Flynn. So <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. If yeah, that's I I used to uh, I used him as a resource when I was starting the podcast for sure. Um, back yeah. in the day, Pet um, Flynn is awesome. He's got good content. 
Yeah, super, super cool dude. Not law enforcement related at all, but no. um, but I think that's he was know, an architect, whole, I think. Yeah, it's it's the it's the getting outside of your bubble though, right? There's always somebody who knows something different than you and can mm-hmm. apply something differently than you. So um, like in life and in business, get outside your bubble, go outside, try something different, try something new. Um, and for God's sakes, take care of yourselves, people. Um, you know, we led this off by, I talked about those, uh, unfortunately, those two officers um, who, who took their own lives. And again, um, I mean, this is a complete left turn on this, but um, as we're at wrapping this up here, just a, as a reminder on, on the whole mental health and resiliency thing, um, take care of yourselves. Um, you know, it's always fun to, to joke and, and have opportunities to, to sit and talk with friends. But this is a great example of, um, you know, this is a great exercise for your brain, for mental health, to have conversations with people that you do get along with. And you you don't have to talk about business or training. Talk about Fortnite or talk about your local hockey team or talk about whatever the hell you want to talk about. Um, it increases endorphin levels. It increases... Um, pleasure receptors in your brain that helps combat depression and again i am not a doctor so that is about all of the information that i will give you on that um but there is so much resources out there so many resources so much information and um make sure to check that out if um you know there's if you need anything you need help please reach out to somebody reach out to us here at ILET. reach out to adam um and um we're happy to help you out as any way that we can anything you want to leave the the listeners off here with brother no, you know, I think the the overall the overall objective that you and I came into this recording with was uh, don't fuck up. That was the that was the objective. <laughs> don't don't sound like no, a dipshit. I mean, our objective I, for mission, everybody else, not our objective for ourselves. Um, but <laughs> our overall objective was to just just give some some positivity and encouragement about things to come. Um, especially, I mean, this, this impacts everybody in law enforcement right now because we're talking about training, right? We're talking about training, training, uh, out of the ashes comes a Phoenix, right? All of this nonsense that we've been dealing with the last couple of years, um, you know, has out of that difficult environment has come a lot of positive things like the ILET network and, and everything you guys are putting out there. To, to help agencies and, and individual officers just become uh, the, the best that they can be and be trained in, in, as, as uh, effectively as they can be. And so I'm excited about what you've got coming down. And, you know, we've talked about some of the things we've got going on with LEO CEO and Breacher. And I just think there's a lot of positivity about where things are going. And, and I want to encourage everybody in that. And I think we should just le- end on that. Let's just end on the positivity uh, here in 2022 for, for good things to come, whether you're staying in law enforcement or you have a departure on the horizon. Um, there's lots of opportunities. I love it, brother. Well, let's leave it there. Everybody out there. Thank you so much for taking the time and listening to us Babylon today. Uh, make sure to stay safe. Join the Islet network. Now go to Islet.network. That's I L E T dot network. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.